Welcome back to In the Field. This is episode four with a very good, near and dear to my heart friend, Bubba Page, who is a local legend here in Utah. He and I have done a startup together. Uh, we did outro where I was his head of sales. He was the CEO and founder. And Bubba has since moved into the VC game. So shares a lot of war stories about being scrappy and helping preserve that precious runway, getting ROI when you don't have a lot of money to spend, and maybe finding better uses of ways to spend your money. We share some more stories about, let's see, sharing a bed together in order to save money on hotels, sleeping on floors of our friends, hotel rooms at Dreamforce, stuff like that. And Bubba's just a fantastic guy, great human to know. Definitely crack me up, bringing back old memories. Before we jump on into the episode, as always, this episode is sponsored by my company, Mobly. Mobly is the world's first truly event agnostic lead capture app. It should be your mobile HQ for sales. Now, what I mean by that is all of the things that suck when you don't have your laptop in front of you as a sales rep, things like getting lead information into your CRM, following up and actually have that follow-up log to your CRM. It's all done with normal work in Mobly. Like you literally just hit send text message, type out the message, and you're going to get a little pop-up saying, hey, do you want to log that you sent a text message? Yes, log, add notes, whatever. But it's not any harder than just using your cell phone. But the added benefit is you actually have the activity history log, better forecasting, better replication of top performers, get your manager off your back, and you don't have to waste time waiting for somebody else to enrich your data and upload it to your system when you just want to make that first call on a hot lead that you met at a user conference. So go ahead and try Mobly out. 10 free credits to download and try. We'd absolutely love for you to be our next happy user. Now let's get to the show with Bubba. All right, welcome back everybody to In the Field. I have a very good friend of mine, Bubba Page, today on episode number four. Bubba and I used to work together at Outro way, way, way back in the day and have a lot of fun stories from being extra scrappy on the event circuit. And I wanted to welcome Bubba. How you doing, man? Doing awesome. It's good to be in your presence yet again. In my presence That's again. That's right. Yeah. Been a few months since we hung out. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just take a minute and introduce everybody to Bubba Page? Sure. First and foremost, I am married to my wife, Jordan Page. We have eight children, four boys, four girls, 13, all the way down to three and a half year old twins. And it is just pure chaos all the time. But we love it. So that's what we do. I am an entrepreneur, started off in college with a business, built a few, had an exit in 2020, but really tough experience in 2016, 17, when we shut down Outro. And that was just so miserable, but a great learning opportunity. And that's where you and I got to work together, which was awesome. Uh, Again, many fun stories there. And then I helped my wife with her business, thepagecompany.com. And until about a year ago, when I begun influence.vc. So now I'm doing venture capital investing through a venture capital syndicate and uh, gather cash from my friends, my network, and we invest in companies where we feel like they'll have the most success, primarily with companies where influencers, social media influencers, can help them scale and grow. 
that's kind of the focus. Yeah, definitely a good fit given given the background with page companies and all of the work your wife has done as an influencer and the network that she's built. And yeah. that's awesome. Cool. Um, so for those that don't know you, I, I feel like most people in Utah probably know you if they're, I don't know, over the age of 30 and in the tech scene. <laughs> You've been out of the tech scene for a few years now. But for those that don't know you, where did the name Bella come from? Oh, yeah, that's probably a good one. Real name is Brant. I get asked that all the time. But I've been called Bubba since I was a fat baby. I got literally because I was chunky. The name stuck. And here I am today. So be careful, parents, what you nickname your children. You never know if it will stay forever. My four-year-old, Hayes, we actually call him Fat Baby. Oh, my God. He is no longer fat, nor is he still a baby, but we just call him Fat Baby or sometimes Fatty, and he thinks it's the funniest thing in the world. He might might develop a complex when he's older, Yeah, but Bubba has stuck, and I don't know, it weirdly fits you, even though you are no longer fat at all. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? I just am rolling with it, and I'm totally cool with that. You know, I am, until about... Four years ago, you were actually in my phone as Brant, and I just <laughs> never made the change to Bubba when I got to know you. And finally, I'm like, why, why can't I ever find him in my phone? And I finally changed it to Bubba. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I did go by Brant for like two years yeah. in 2009 when I started Launch Leads. And that's actually when I first connected with you to Corporate Alliance. That's right. Oh, my so, gosh. So that's probably why I put you in as Brant. That yeah. totally makes sense. We're just trying to shed the nickname and it never Well, no, I just, I thought I was supposed to be professional. I came home from my mission that I served in Brazil. Yeah. And I spent two years there, loved it. And I came home thinking, okay, I'm this young gun. I got to be professional now. Yeah. And so I guess I better use my real name. And after two years, I remember my wife would say, oh, I know who's calling you, whether it's business or personal, because they personal would call you Bubba and business would always call you Brant. She thought it was great. Cause she could determine like, Oh, so-and-so's calling. Right. But the reality, I was like, I'm, I've been Bubba my whole life. Like yeah. I, I, I hardly even recognize being called Brant. And so I just thought, you know what? I'm, I'm just going back. Bubba's been there forever. I'm going to stick with it. So there are a handful of folks that I met in that era, 2011 and yeah. nine to 11 that uh, still have a hard time calling me Bubba. It's funny. That's, Cause that's, that's how they met me. Cool. So, the main reason why I wanted to bring you on this show, given that it's called In the Field and we talk a lot about conferences, trade shows, events like that, is we had a lot of fun in the outro days being crazy scrappy. <laughs> and I think part of that is just your nature. I know you and your wife have done a lot of budgeting and things like that. So yeah. just super, super scrappy, regardless of what means you have. And that definitely translated to our days at outro. So first, what was outro? Sure. Let's talk about that first. And then I, I have some very specific questions about events that we did. Well, Outro started as Quota Deck. Mm-hmm. So even going further back, Quota Deck was a Google Startup Weekend winner. And we ended up saying, let's actually do this business. Got accepted into the Techstars Boulder program. I think we were one of the first Utah companies to go through that, which was so awesome. And it kind of morphed into this referral automation platform mostly for sales referrals, but also hiring referrals. And, oh, it would have been so glorious if LinkedIn would have been nice to us in their API and maybe timing-wise. Somebody's going to do it someday, but specifically double opt-in introductions. 
We wanted to make sure people be introduced to each other by people they know. And Dave Oldham, who was working with us back then, and every so often, every six months or so, we'll get together and uh, we'll talk about how somebody's going to do it. Somebody's still going to do it someday. I have news for you. Somebody is. Doing it. Good. So finally, Brendan Cassidy is like Jason Lemkin's right hand man through like yeah. a bunch of things. He started a company called Cosell. That's, oh, that's fantastic. Literally just rebranded to High Five. H I F I V E. That is literally what outro. Well, I want to give them a high five. And, that's awesome. And from what I understand, they're killing it. I have I've heard from people here in the, the local Utah tech scene talking about how they use them. No way. And yeah, been around for a year and a half, two years now. Oh my gosh. And Brendan's Time the right for me to write to them a it. check. Right? Yeah, you should seriously look into them. Oh my yeah, gosh. High five. Awesome. I I agree. And I mean there are tons of communities, influencers. Bravado is like one of the first like sales communities. Oh my God. And they started, I think it's called Bravado Flex, which is more of like the mercenary salesperson thing that Quotadec originally was. Wow. And that's becoming a big deal now. People are saying, hey, with all these layoffs going on, go do your own thing and write your own check and don't wait around for a company to let you go through yeah. a reduction in force or whatever. Totally. So I think a lot Still of Still two good business ideas, just, right? Market timing, man. Yeah. But okay, so we went to a lot of events together. We did AAISP, <laughs> we did Dreamforce, we did Saster a few times. And I'm thinking of so many stories. My, I think my, one of my favorite is Dreamforce. <laughs> okay, so so oh, you happened gosh. to be a writer for Inc. Was yep. it Inc.? Yep. And as a result of that, you convinced Dreamforce to give you a press pass. For free. For free. You got a free press pass to Dreamforce, <laughs> which you and I shared. Because even though we're not the same size and build, we're both relatively the same age white guys. That's right. So we shared Handsome the pass. some individuals. There we go. I might have. And so not only was the pass free, but we shared it. Yeah. And we didn't get a hotel room because they were like five, six hundred bucks a night. Oh, yeah. We ended up, oh, who what? Jared. Uh, who was at Domo at the time running command? Jared Conley. We ended up crashing on his floor. <laughs> oh, he was so nice to let us come in there. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things where, one, I was raised to be frugal. Yeah. I married my wife, who's frugal. Yeah. And and you're right. I think you used a great phrase. It was regardless of your means. Yeah. That principle of being scrappy and frugal. I think it helps you to think creatively on how to get things done. And, you know, doing events, absolutely. We could have spent 10 grand that weekend and, yeah, yeah. or more, right? If we would have been doing the fancy dinners and taking people out and drinking or whatever it was, that, yeah. you know, people wanted to do or get a fancy hotel or expense all this stuff. We could have spent tens of thousands of dollars, even getting a booth. We didn't do that because we were hustling around trying to network with yeah. everybody we could. I think whether it's my money or investors' money, the concept of being frugal, I think is still such a key element in the entrepreneurial kind of ecosystem. I've had many friends and full respect to them where they go all out on things. And I think there is a right moment to do that. If it's the exact event that is your perfect demographic and you've proven it by going there maybe multiple times, that that is where you do need to spend the dollars then by all means, go for it and make a splash. But I think for us, we were still so early, still trying to prove product market fit, 
we didn't know necessarily if these events were the perfect things for us. So we kind of went and did the best we could to test. Yeah. And, and for me, if you can test on a dime versus on a Benjamin, then might as well give it a shot that way. So it is, it's in my blood. And it's funny because even now as an angel investor or venture capitalist, I still find myself being as frugal as, as I can. Yeah. And I still work for my home office. Yeah. And although I love this kind of cool space we're in here at Kiln, I feel like I'm still there. Yeah. And I do love seeing my kids, so that's probably more of the reason. But... Yeah, you're one of the few people that can say they have more kids than me. <laughs> and I've, got, I've got five, and then I talk to you. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, man, it's it's a lot. But okay, so tell, remind somebody of another story. So we shared somebody's hotel room. We shared a bed once. Nice. We shared a bed once. It's yes, faster because. So Mike Haig, who's now, <laughs> he's a sales leader at Weave, and he has been for like six, seven years. Oh, that's awesome. We had this hotel room. I think it was like a holiday in downtown San Francisco with like two queen beds. He's like, I'm not sharing a bed with anybody. I'm going to get one of the rollaway beds. And then we called them to the front desk, and they didn't have them. So he's like, I'm going to sleep on the floor. And we both felt bad making him sleep on the yeah. floor in this old San Francisco kind of gross hotel. Yeah. We're like, we're both confident in ourselves. Absolutely. Sleep butt to butt. We're fine. And it's all good. <laughs> it wasn't good. a big deal at all. But I'm one of the rare people that can say he literally shared a bed with the CEO. That's how <laughs> scrappy we were. Um, oh, that's awesome, man. What good memories. So we should have okay. taken more pictures. I have some. I've got a picture of you dancing at a, a video of you dancing at a. Oh, good. good. Yeah. I'm sure that's high quality. That was a good one. I um, actually, in our very first episode, I, I shared the story. Do you remember the company that was exhibiting next to us at AISP giving out drones? Was that Outreach? It was not Outreach. They they were a few sales moves down. Not no, even who sales was it? it was Gong. Oh, my it was gosh. Yes. $15 billion company. Oh, my gosh. And they, they were, yeah, they were giving right out these like Chinese drones, a couple guys from Israel. Like, okay, what is this company that transcribes yeah. calls? And now they're, they're literally one of the biggest players in the space. They just released an engagement platform to compete with SalesLoft oh and Outreach. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Good for them. Well, didn't SalesLoft become a billion dollar company? Didn't they Outreach actually, they, Yeah, Vista huge? acquired SalesLoft for like two and a half billion. Oh my gosh. Outreach, I think at last valuation was like four to five billion. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And we were just in, having a little booth. All of these, all them. of these future mega unicorns, mm-hmm. decacorns, and yeah, we were right there with them. Uh, close. I, uh, close, but no cigar. No, <laughs> no cigar. Okay, quick break to remind you that if you are going to any of the following events in September, HubSpot Inbound, Saster, Dreamforce, or here locally in Utah, Silicon Slope Summit, hit us up. Go to getmobly.com forward slash events. We have a lot of adjacent events. As an example, at Inbound, we're hosting a ping pong tournament as a pre-event party the night before. Dinner and drinks at Saster, taking a bunch of people to a Giants game during Dreamforce, doing go-kart racing at Slope Summit, and you are invited. All of these events are free of charge for you. Great way to network with your peers and get to know us and have some fun. We're giving away some cool prizes, doing drawings, and it's just a good way to let your hair down after long days walking trade show floors and listening to speakers. So go to getmobily.com forward slash events, and we will see you there. Back to the show. 
Okay, so I want to go back to what you're talking about with the scrappiness. So yeah. a lot of Mobley's customers are event marketers. Companies typically don't hire event marketers till they're a little bit bigger, you know, 50, 100, 200 employees, and they tend to have budget. In fact, the average marketing budget um, divides a third of it toward field events. Wow. So, so you've got people with several hundred thousand dollars minimum in budget. And they tend to not be as scrappy sometimes. Like I've, I've worked for companies that spent literally like a hundred thousand dollars on the booth properties. Wow. On top of the booth sponsorship, on top of the travel and the registration and all this stuff for everybody. Plus, you know, shout out to Mobley paying for badge scanners and, and things like that as well. Mm-hmm. And you come back and it never pays for itself, right? You might be all in on an event like two, three, four hundred thousand dollars. Wow. And they'll come back and be like, okay, sales team, we have to close 120 deals from this. Yeah. Okay, how are we going to close 120 deals? Mm-hmm. We had 250 scans. Several of them are second and third people at the same company. Do you expect us to have a 100% win rate? Well, yeah. we have to justify the cost. Yeah. Did you not think about how much you were spending before we went to this event? Totally. So is there anything that's popped into your head? Any advice for event marketers that are thinking about this and trying to get the ROI back from the events that they've already dropped a ton of money into? Yeah. I mean, so I guess there's two concepts. For those who are planning future events, I would suggest ensuring what the demographic is that's going yeah. uh, to the best of your ability, looking at ways of if it's your first time going to this event of doing some testing instead of going all out on your very first time going to XYZ event, test it with a smaller booth in a maybe not so prime location. Location usually does help, but maybe test it with less people. I tend to like to test with lower dollars so that you can nail it and then scale it. So if you can nail something first, then absolutely come back and crush it the next year. Or at the next event, if you've nailed what your pitch is, nailed who your demographic is, nailed the event. If you've already gone to an event and you've dropped all this cash, what can you do after the event? Follow up is king from those events. And we're actually hosting an event next week. Uh, my wife and I have this annual mm-hmm. event, the Page Summer Soiree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we have companies that have paid to be there. And I'm trying to coach them on, okay, hey, don't forget, you're going to be talking to, let's say, 200 people at this event. And those 200 people may not turn into anything if you don't reach out to them after the event. And so from a follow-up standpoint, obviously getting their contact information is numero uno. So whether it's through Mobley or if you're literally handwriting, contact information is key. Then making sure that you have a plan of action with you and your team and that no one falls through the cracks. Because sometimes somebody will gather the information, the contact information, but then they pass it off to somebody else. If the same person who gathered the information could be the person to reach out, maybe there's some Facial, facial recognition isn't the right word, but like name recognition. Yeah, name recognition. Yeah, Face with the name. Already started. Absolutely. Because when you reach out to someone that they remember who you are, they might actually respond, yeah. whether it's through a voicemail or an email. Whereas if it's a cold one, you're probably going to have a much less opportunity. Yeah, I think a lot of companies just lose that scrappiness as they as they grow. For example, Chris, my co-founder. He comes from more large enterprise type environments, spent time at Adobe and Willis Towers Watson, which are, you know, tens of thousands of employees. And we've had a few very, very heated 
debates about <laughs> about lead follow-up and structuring our product, right? And in his mind, it was always, okay, well, the leads go to marketing after the event to put them in the drip campaigns and make sure the process is followed. And in my head, and I'm, I'm sure your head too, I have all, all these blinking lights flashing in my head, like, hold on a second. Don't you want salespeople to be calling them immediately? If somebody has taken the time to shake your hand and look you in the eye, you can't lose momentum by sending them a drip email two weeks yeah. later for the sake of following a process. And the follow-up, like you said, is absolutely key. You have to get scrappy, even if you have a massive budget, even if you have people to do that, make sure those people do it. Yeah. You can't pass that buck. So some kind of scary news for the event marketers that are listening. We surveyed about 50, 60 people a couple of months ago that were specifically event marketers and asked them how confident they are in their current event strategy. And 99%, literally all but one person responded, very confident we're killing it. That's not the case because only <laughs> 6% of C-suite executives said that they are confident in their field strategy. Wow. So you have event marketers that are, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but like patting themselves on the back saying, hey, we're doing great. We had all of we had this great booth. We had a bunch of people there. It looked great and whatever. And then all these executives saying, hey, we didn't get the ROI. So candidly, with all the layoffs going on in tech right now, event marketers, your job is probably at risk if you are worrying about the number of scans that you had or how good your booth looked. You need to be worrying about the ROI. So yeah. doing things like Bubba said, being scrappy, not spending a ton of money, for something that might generate an incremental return. And again, I'll echo him. I get it. Like if you have the perfect ICP and you have a little bit of brand recognition already and you have big enough deal sizes, things like that, then yeah, it's probably worth it to go all in on a couple of big events a year. But if you can get away with a 10 by 10 booth, like a prefab thing for a thousand bucks or just walking the floor, which is what Mobley is doing at four events next month, then as long as you're sending the right people that have that scrappy attitude, you're probably going to make a lot higher ROI than, you know, the incremental benefits of having dropped tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars on a, on a bigger booth present. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people are scared of events and rightly so because of the costs associated with them. So if you think strictly from an ROI standpoint, the less you spend, the easier it is to get the ROI. Yep. The more you spend, the harder it is to get the ROI. So yep. So as an event marketer or as a CMO, as a, a salesperson, looking at keeping that budget low, because then to prove to your C-suite, you have to do less. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. if you can get away with spending five to 10 grand on an event, and that's you being scrappy and marshalling your resources and reaching out to people you know, whether it's share a room or whether it's maybe you combine on a dinner for key prospects with another company, yeah. Or maybe it's instead of getting some custom designed booth, you can get something offline or from a website or whatever. I think the ROI conversation will be a lot easier and you can build up to larger scale events as you've proven that. Cool. Awesome. Well, I know we're running a little bit short on time and you've got some places to go. Mm -hmm. But how do people get a hold of you if they want to connect with you, learn more about influence or? Sure. Yeah. So LinkedIn's probably the best way. Uh, go to LinkedIn. There's not too many Bubba's on there. So Bubba Page, P-A-G-E. So LinkedIn would be great. Happy to connect with you there. And then feel free. You can email me, Bubba at influence.vc. 
Wonderful. And uh, happy to chat. All things investing, all things startups. Love it. Great. Love it, man. It's great catching up. Thanks for the advice on scrappiness. Thanks for the war stories. They were fun. Good time. (laughs) And have a good rest of your day. Hey, thank you. Talk to you soon.